Hi, Carlene. How are you? How are you? Delicious. We've just spent like, what, an hour? Yeah. (laughs) Gabbing. Gabbing. And messing with the system. Yeah. And playing with the dogs. Yes. And trying to get EVPs. (laughs) Okay, so you guys probably didn't catch it. But on the last episode, Mm. we caught an EVP. And it was towards the end. It was like two hours in. I think it was like two hours, 10 minutes, seven seconds. I think that's where it was at pretty Super much. Super clear. I mean, it was pretty clear. Yeah. And and we're thinking it says miss you. And or... it's a deep and it's a it's a man's voice. Yeah. So it kind of freaked me out. I sent it to her right away when I got when I was editing. I sent it to her like it was probably like 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> and it was harder to hear on that way. But now that we're listening to it here it's like super clear yeah Yeah. i was sharing that with my cousin the other day well i didn't let her hear the evp yeah yeah and then when we first heard it it sounds like this like that Mm -hmm. the s sound is very like hard yeah and i know albert was with us he was sitting with us but there's it wasn't albert he didn't whisper it was an outbreak. Got the the radio voice. <laughs> like, hello, everybody. We hope you guys enjoyed that. I have a great radio voice. <laughs> what your cousin? You were saying. What was I saying? Oh, I was, was sharing. Over. I was sharing the whole thing with my cousin about the EVP thing. Oh, because it. like out of nowhere, PJ just started barking at the kitchen. Oh. Yesterday. Hmm. And we were talking about the dog, so I sent her like I just started recording him barking at the kitchen. Oh. So I went over there, I was like, What the heck are you barking at? Like I tried it was annoying. Uh-huh. So I was like, What are you barking at? It was just me because Albert wasn't he was still at work. And so anyways I sent it to her and I was like, Yeah, and I got an E V P the other night, <laughs> blah blah blah. And she was laughing. She's just like, Okay, you need to sage your house. I know. I should have brought <laughs> the sage because I do think Doing these stories is drumming up some kind of... I mean, even when my kids would watch... Like, I used to watch those Saw movies and stuff. And then as, like, what I do got stronger, I couldn't watch that stuff anymore. And then when my kids would have friends over and they'd want to watch that stuff, after they all went to sleep or the next day, I would go in and sage. And, like, saging around the TV was, like, super hard, super hardcore. Right. I mean, we should probably start saging on a more regular basis. Yeah, probably. It's kind of funny because I used to like argue with my mom about stuff like that because she'd be like, oh, I don't want you watching that. You're going to bring the demons in through the TV. I'm like, through the TV, mom? Come on. It's just a TV show. It's not bringing them through the TV, but it's uh, your thoughts go there. So it's like the law of attraction. You're thinking about it. It's like. At my house, I won't let anybody say uh, the D S word. word. Yeah, the <laughs> S word. Because I feel like you're giving it energy and acknowledgement. And it's the same with those movies. Like when they watch those ridiculous, what is that one? I forgot. Um, you know, they made them look like they're real. Which one? Paranormal. Oh. One, two, three. Oh, paranormal activity. activity. Yeah. yeah. But then your brain starts really thinking about those things and you're really, you can attract that. That's interesting. Yeah. So I sage. Well, there was this one time in band camp. (laughs) (laughs) No. So literally there was this one time, not in band camp when the kids were small and we lived in these apartments and me and Albert had rented some movies. It was movie night. Naughty movies. Huh? Naughty movies. Yes. Mm. And the kids were young. They all had the same room, and we lived in townhomes, so uh, right above the living room was uh, the kids' room. 
So anyways, we're watching The Ninth <laughs> Gate with Johnny Depp. Oh, okay. So it, it's about this guy. I don't know if you've watched it ever before, but it's like these esoteric books that are like, basically, there was this one book. I, I can't remember the whole premise of it, but they were like these ancient books. Oh. And there was this these people that wanted to get, he was like a book collector. So there was these people that wanted to get their hands on this really ancient book manuscript that was basically like called in demonic powers, whatever. And they just wanted these powers. So we both fell asleep watching it. Because <laughs> it was so interesting. Yeah. And well, anyway, so I wake up to like, pss, oh, like the snow on the TV. So like the whole right. movie had gone. So we get up, we go up, walk upstairs. Oh, we hear right above our head. And I was like. What the heck? So it sounded like one of the kids like yeah. kind of just stomped across the room. So we got up, turned up the TV, walked up the stairs, and we go turn the corner. And the kids, like their door was directly across from our bedroom door. Turn the corner, and it's on the left-hand side. And Serena is has the light on in the closet and is kneeling in front of the closet. Just kneeling in front of the closet. Wait, what? Yeah. Just kneeling in front of the closet. Okay, that's weird. It was really weird. And she never had a history of night terrors or mm-hmm. anything like that. So I picked her up and I said, what are you doing? What are you doing up? It's time to go back to bed. And as soon as I picked her up, she starts shrieking. What? But she wasn't awake. She wasn't awake. <laughs> oh, like I couldn't, my God. Like she was like, her eyes were open, but she was just like, like this horrible cry, like crying, like, like uh-uh. and I was like, what the heck? So I tried laying down with her on the bed try to get her to sleep and she was still like crying like it was this horrible cry so then i get up and i give her to albert and albert's like trying to you know you know i think at that time she was probably like four Mm. and she's in her nightgown and everything he takes her in the bathroom and just starts throwing water on her face just like in the bathroom just kind of just splashing her face with water and she it just breaks whatever it was Mm -hmm. like just breaks and she just pees all over him Oh, no. Yeah, I don't know where. <laughs> the water. Yeah, so then I got her into bed and whatever. And so the next morning, uh, we were like, I just kind of gingerly tried to bring it up. And I was like, hey, I said, you were having a bad dream last night. You were in front of your closet. She said, there was a man in my closet. No. Mm-hmm. She remembered. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. And he was trying to make me go in. No. So Albert took that movie. Which he probably bought. He bought it and he took it and he just threw it in the garbage. He's like, we're not watching that movie ever again. Uh-uh. So because the little bits and pe- you know how you like fall asleep in and out of a movie? Like that's what I was doing. Well, I woke up to this one part where they were like literally like chanting in Latin out of this book. Mm-hmm. You inhaled that. Mm-hmm. So that was creepy. That was my creepy story. Yeah, that's freaky. Yeah, super freaky. That was in these townhomes. Now I really want to listen to our thing and see if anybody has anything to say. <laughs> I would definitely sage in after that story. Mm-hmm. I hate that story. Is this off? No. It's not lit up. Oh, we didn't turn it on. Yeah, we That's did. right. That's right. We should have for that story. I know. Damn. We don't think at the right time, right? No. Yeah. By the way, if you want to know what we're talking about. <laughs> we're being ridiculous. <laughs> we're just so random. So we're recording because we're trying to get an EVP again. We're experimenting. We're experimenting a little. Look, Allie put one when of we those grow up, we want to be ghost hunters. Apps. Who is? <laughs> <laughs> Allie, you're a handsome guy. She looks <laughs> a combination between Connor 
and Aiden. She is. That's hilarious. What is it? That face swap? Is that what it is? Uh, I think so. Did I ever play the loud noise for you? No. At my house? No. When I was meditating? No. And then all of a sudden you get on my back window from my, I'm assuming my knocker stalker. Are you serious? Yeah, let's see. All right, by the way. Hi, Carlene. We did it. Hi, Alma. What are we drinking? We are drinking Noble Vines, 152 Pinot Grigio. What are we listening to? What was that noise? That was a dog snoring. (laughs) By the way, we have three dogs in here. Usually Um, it's just Shorty. But today we have PJ and Apollo. Her spawn. Yes, they, they are all joining us. We're trusting them and they're doing well. Yeah, they're just snoring. So if you hear snoring, it's not us. No. It's not us, and it's not an EVP. No. Oh, I think we're coming up on it. So yeah, we did like I don't in case that gets cut out from the what I was talking about earlier. We did get an EVP on the last episode. What is that? I don't know. Because there should be music. What are you doing, Carlene? Sounds like somebody running the, through a forest. Well, this would have been like after I heard it, uh-huh. then I went out because I'm a badass looking to see who was doing it. Right. So you were meditating and you got this. Re- so do you are, do you like record your meditations? Occasionally. This one I was looking for. Um, I don't know why it's not on here. That's weird. But I was looking for information on a murder mm-hmm. and I had actually come up with breadcrumbs, but I was like, you know. I'm going to try something different. I'm going to see if they'll give me any EVPs if they want to talk, which I know they won't, but I'm going to try it. And I'm going to, when I'm in my meditation, I'm just going to open the door and see if they want to come in and give me some more breadcrumbs. And then as I was meditating, it was like 25 minutes into my meditation, all of a sudden, bam, like enough to break the glass right but it didn't thankfully did you think it was your knocker stalker well no i didn't even know i had a knock because previous to that like at 8 30 at night i heard on my two front windows sorry puppies and i was like oh it's just kids being silly i'm gonna let it go and then you know here i am like two hours later meditating and Mm -hmm. i got the bam and then i forgot i was recording and I got up, grabbed my phone. That's all that wrestling you hear. Put it in my robe, grabbed my weapon, and went outside to find out. Because I wanted to see, was like it was like a cat? Did the cat do, you know, hit the window? Right. Did the neighbors across the way behind me, like, throw something and it hit the window? Yeah. Or, like, I'm debunking it. Right. And then I was like, oh, shit. Or did somebody bang on my window? Right. Because, like, for me, my first instincts are that it's, spirit like i always will go oh you sillies right but then i'm like wait that was like because i was like that really happened and then after i like came to my senses i was like wait a minute i was recording that so i played it back and i'm like oh shit that really did happen that's crazy yeah and so, i was freaked out and then i was like so what you never were able to debunk it no but then it happened more like then i have a knocker stalker right so do you think that that incident was a knocker stalker? I'm pretty sure it's a knocker stalker. No. I don't yeah. think if it's you haven't spirit. heard us talk about it before, she's got somebody that likes to come in, <laughs> bang on my doors, bang on her doors for no reason at all, or windows. But 
If it was in the front, I would just say it's like just random people being weird. Right. But it happens in my backyard. Yeah. And she thinks she kind of knows who it is. So Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, unfortunately. Maybe. And it hasn't happened since uh, certain people have left. Should we knock on wood? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so we were talking about the fact that we got an EVP on the last episode. If you guys uh, were listening to us talk about H.H. Holmes, Mm. it was towards the end um, when I was talking about ghost adventures (laughs) and whatever. It was that whole ghost adventures thing. So they could have been saying pissed. Yeah. And I had, well, and I forgot, I was so tired. So Mm. I amplified it because I was trying to hear it. And then usually I'll unamplify it or delete it, whatever. And I put it into another file, Uh but I left it amplified and I didn't even realize that. And Mm. so when I was listening to it the next day, like after I had already uploaded it, I realized I had left it amplified and I was like, you could barely hear it. Mm. I mean, if you're listening in your car, not with headphones, you could probably barely hear it, hear it. So, I mean, it's definitely. Well, the thing that gets me, like even today, I was watching some stuff and when people think they hear something, so it'll sound like, shh, shh, shh. and they'll be like, did you hear that? Yeah. It said my name. Like, sounded like shh to me. Yeah. But that one was pretty clear. <laughs> that one, it was legitimately clear. Yeah. Because even on the ones that we've gotten before, we weren't really able to make out what they said. It was, yeah. like, you could hear a voice. Yeah. But we couldn't make out what they said. Yeah. This and time, it was yeah. clear. Like, and even those I consider legitimate when you can actually hear that there's something there. Right. But a lot of times... It's just, you're just making something, you know what right. I mean? Like those ghost shows. I think it's like, you're, like when you, especially like if you're in a dark room where yeah. it's that phenomenon of matrix, matrixing. So your eyes like are automatically yep. trying to uh, pick out faces. And so your eyes put together like a face or whatever, like mm-hmm. do your ears do the same Your thing? ears do do the same. There's a, there was actually something going around Twitter or something. I don't know. That was a perfect example of that. They, they gave you the power of suggestion Mm -hmm. and then they told you what it was actually Mm. and it was like wow that is so crazy how so if I gave you static and I told you this is what it was saying you would hear what I'm telling you because I just gave you the power of suggestion did you ever um, play that game when you were a kid I I think Mm. I can't remember we played it at somebody's like slumber party or whatever but it was like a shoebox and there's a cut out like big enough for you to stick your hand in. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was my friend's mom that did this. So she mm. would put something in there and then you had to guess what it was. Okay? Mm-hmm. So she took all the skin off of a grape, basically, and put it in the box. And you put your hands in there and you feel this. Like it felt like an eyeball. All right. Right. So like right. your mind makes up all kinds of stuff. So right. Especially it, when you can't see it. Right. Or like with spaghetti uh-huh. noodles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, that's gross. I may have done that with, I don't know if Sabrina was there, but when the kids were there, because we did some gross texture mm. things around Halloween. Mm-hmm. Those were definitely fun. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we got some good stories for you guys. Um, hope you guys are having a, a good week. It's hot as hell over here, and poor Carlene was without an air conditioner for like two weeks almost. It was hell. But I have a delicious friend who let me have her portable AC. So 
I was in one semi-cool room. That was delicious. That saved my ass. And then another friend that gave you a good referral after. Yes, thank God. Numb nuts up on your roof for, what, two weeks they strung you along? Two weeks telling me. Or like, I don't know what they were doing. It was ridiculous. So frustrating. <laughs> Let me suffer for why, two weeks. Why waste their time up there, like in this heat? Like, why? It's on the side of the house, but still, you're still in the heat. But they cut copper when they didn't have to. <laughs> they left valves open. They left wires undone. It was a shit show. You saw. For those of you that don't know, we mm-hmm. live in Phoenix, Arizona, and we're literally the seventh circle of hell. Yeah, your AC is not a want. It is a necessity. Absolutely. People die without it. (laughs) Literally, people die without it. And it was like the last two weeks has been like. My house was approaching 100. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wasn't one Sunday was like 116, 17? It was hot. And my house was like 97 or 98. Oh my gosh. Inside. Like I reached for my keys and my purse and they were hot. And your poor cat. Okay. Yeah, that was not us. That was Apollo. (laughs) They snore like their mom and their dad. That was. was Unfortunately, they fart like their mom and their dad. So. (laughs) Hey, but this is good because we can keep an eye on them. Because literally, the last time you left, yeah, Yeah. Uh somebody took a crap in the house. It wasn't a shit fest like that other time. Oh my gosh! But I mean, that's not their fault though. They can't open the door on their own. We don't have a doggy door. We need to. I don't know where we would put one because of the way the house is laid out. Well, but... they have the, well, you'd either have to cut a hole or they have some that they make for sliding glass doors. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely. Did you jinx it? Somebody <laughs> farted? Or or did you say the fart thing because you felt it coming? Yep. Yep. yep that was and it. And you need to cover your That was ass. it. <laughs> I should have covered my ass. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Just kidding. We're so disgusting. Oh, my God. So. All right. What you got? Well, I have a very depressing story, and I'm just going to give that. Like, this is like your um, warning right now. If you're sensitive to anything about babies, um, you might want to just. Oh, that's off. right. Because yeah. I tried to find the, uh, like a matching ghost story, but there, just, there wasn't enough. Yeah. I, I didn't mean, think. Yeah. This is about the Butterbox babies. And I got this I never idea. heard of this until you said something. Me neither. It was funny. My cousin Bianca, mm-hmm. um, she sent me this link. Well, it was actually on Facebook. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. What is her name? She Like, she does makeup and she tells stories, like mm-hmm. true crime stories or whatever. And, oh, my God. I have to give you her name because she she does really good. But Bailey Sarian or Sarian. I don't know how you say her name. but She has a podcast? She has, she has a YouTube Okay, we need the YouTube to do is this better YouTube. because I actually watched the YouTube the other day, but I watched it on Facebook and the Facebook was like pretty good, mm-hmm. but the YouTube was a little bit more like she doesn't cut as much out of mm. the YouTube. She's really cute. Um, but so she's like doing a whole makeup tutorial oh, okay. at the same time. Well, she's telling the yeah, story. Yeah, her Sweet. like her video quality is really really good. It's not like it's some of the stuff you watch when somebody's doing a makeup tutorial mm-hmm. or whatever is like her she it's like top of the line. Wow. Top of the line. Wow. Anyway, so she did a really good story about this. Um, and so. So wait, while she's doing her makeup, she's also doing a story. A story. Oh, that is clever. I just killed my ring. What did I just wait, do? What? 
Because it got caught on my pants. Okay, wait. So we have the way that... Wait. That's just weird. Well, because it got caught on my pants. Oh, it did? Yeah. Okay. I thought that, I thought it was like... <laughs> it just it just did that. It just bent by itself. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? That's like metal. Now do we get to record more? Well, it's recording on there too. All right. All right. So anyways... Yeah, I was listening to this story, and I decided I was going to do it. Without further ado. Go, girl. Yeah, of course, like I always do. I listened <laughs> to that and um, a couple other things, and but I got a lot of like the inform- like the meat information from Wikipedia, Murderpedia.com, and Hellbeast.com, which I found through Murderpedia.com. Oh, I haven't heard of that yeah. one. So anyways, the story is about the Butterbox Babies. This is based out of Canada um, and the Ideal Maternity Home. So the Ideal Maternity Home in East uh-huh. Chester, Nova Scotia, was in operation from 1928 to 1945. It promised both maternity care for local married couples and provided private birthing and placement of children of unwed mothers. The home was run by William Peach Young, who was both a chiropractor. Hold on. Can, can we pause for a second? Yeah. Did it only open? Open. Only happened there. I thought it happened at other places, maybe. No, it was, it this is specifically okay. here. All right. That's interesting. I just need to be educated. Well, and I'm sure, like, there actually, when I was doing the research for this, mm-hmm. I was running into, like, other places, like, um, like in France or whatever, where something similar oh, to this really? was happening. Okay. But anyways. Interesting. All right. So, like I was saying, the home was Sorry. run by William Peach Young, who was both a chiropractor and an unordained minister of the Seventh Day Adventist Church, and his wife Lila Gladys Young, who was a midwife who advertised herself as an obstetrician, um, which she was not. She was a graduate of the National School of Obstetric Obstetrics. I can't say it either. Obstetrics. Thank you. And midwifery. Obs. Yeah. Just say OB. OB. <laughs> it was originally open as the Life and Health Sanatorium. So they were basically like, you know, taking care of people as a sanitarium. But they and make then, it seem like they're being helpful. Yeah. Well, and they and, have, and they were. Yeah. In the beginning, like I'm sure, like, I don't know. I, I can't because get in their head. Because back then you can't be, I mean, it, being an unwed mother mm-hmm. is... Uh, no, no. So, like, most of the time, people would be sent away somewhere to have mm-hmm. children. Which is basically what this place was. Right. Or and so, becomes. So, they were like, we're a good place, but don't, don't, don't. Right. Don't, don't, don't. Big don't, don't, don't. I'm going to leave that in. It even He's did asleep. that. Yeah. Um, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> the dog snoring. Too. It was. I can't do it. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh my gosh. So, anyways, um, so like I said, they they started out as the Life and Health Sanitarium in the late 1920s, and then they later renamed themselves as the Ideal Maternity Home because they, you know, they they saw an opportunity because they were getting a lot of unwed mothers that were coming in and even married, but they did see this opportunity and they took it. Uh-huh. The average wage at the time was about $8 per week and mothers were charged $500. So this is like in the 20s. Dang. Think about this. That's a lot of money. They only, If somebody's only making $4 to $8 per week, per week, 
and you're charging $500 for maternity services, Mm-mm. which at that time was probably like, it was unattainable by most of these people. So that's a lot. We'll come back to that. In the beginning, they were both making, they were barely making ends meet with their little venture, but then they stumbled on a niche market. Mm-mm. During this time in Canada, both birth control and abortion was illegal. So if you were unmarried and you found yourself pregnant, you would be in quite a predicament. Many young women found themselves disowned and they were pretty much left to fend for themselves by their families, which is pretty sad. That's really sad. Also in Halifax, which is not too far from the nearby port Nova Scotia of Nova Scotia, business was booming during World War II and ships were crossing to England from the North Atlantic. And so there was a lot of like Navy and uh, seamen just coming. Do it and be on the way. So So these young girls were just left to fend for themselves. Right. That left a big opportunity for them. Mm. So they left a lot of pregnant women in their wake. In comes Lila and William to save the day with their services. Unwed mothers-to-be could go on vacation, give birth, Return home without a baby, and their reputations would be fully intact. Uh, William Young acted as a doctor chiropractor, which in most of what I listened to and what I read, chiro- being a chiropractor back then was a pretty sketchy profession. And even today, I don't think that they get, get a lot of respect today. But mm. back then, it was even worse because they were just they they would get sued a lot. Basically. Oh, dang! And yeah, okay, never mind. <laughs> Although he was trained, wasn't trained or certified, Aye. and was a superintendent, while Lila Young was the midwife and managing director of the home, placing advertisements that promised to shield pregnant girls and women from gossip, uh, secrecy. They would soon, ha- they soon had clients flocking to the door. Average age was seventeen. Oh, yeah, that's so sad. So married women paid an average of $75, get this, $75 for delivery and two weeks of recuperation. So that was married women, $75. Dang. Unwed women, though, paid between $100 to $200 in advance for room Mm. and board delivery and arrangement of adoptions. And they also paid another $12 for diapers and supplies, plus an average fee of $300 for warehousing the babies. Warehousing them. Between delivery and adoption. And if the baby died, oh, they also had to pay an extra twenty dollars for the funeral. Jeez, knock them when they're down. Yeah, and Golly. and that's gonna piss you off when you hear this. Mm-mm. The rest of this for anyone making four to eight per week in the nineteen twenties, this was an impossible sum. So they allowed mm-hmm. many of the girls to work this off by working for them until their bill was paid. So they're basically indentured servants. Right, right. And at one point, they had about seventy girls servants working at the at the home before this was all said and done Uh -uh. yeah soon the home became a hub for illegal adoptions across the united states and canada as the u.s laws had not legalized adoption across religious backgrounds leaving many jewish families without any adoption options so like if you were jewish you couldn't just go into any orphanage and and adopt a kid i mean well catholic adoptions had their own thing going on right but so if you were Catholic or Jewish, you, you had to, it had to be within your own. That's so crazy. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yes. Because the baby isn't going to know. <laughs> back then, I mean, okay, well, don't get me started. <laughs> 
So the young soon realized that their mar- what their market was. They would provide these desperate childless couples with babies from the home and would charge up to $10,000 What per child, the minimum being $1,000. What? Yeah. So this is where they made great sums of money. The revenue of the home is, is said to have been about $60,000 for the youngs in the mid-40s, excluding the baby sales. They approximately sold 700 children. And oh. even if the average cost for one was $5,000, the total that they would have made would be $3.5 million. That's insane. Yeah. And makes it even more gross because they're charging those young women so much money. Mm-hmm. Or making them work mm-hmm. for nothing. So I'm going to tell you, there is a movie out there. And it's like, it was from 1995. It's Hallmark production quality. Mm. I mean, it was interesting. It was interesting. But it pretty much whitewashes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just very, like, compared to the story you read mm-hmm. and what you're watching there, like, it just... Sugarcoats it, it a bit. It kind of sugarcoats mm-hmm. it. Yeah. The added assets paid off the mortgage for the home, built their own home. So uh, William was, or what's his name? Is it William? William. Yeah. William Peach. William Peach. He's a real peach, all right. Yeah. He basically did a lot of the add-ons. So this tiny little cottage ends up Mm. into this huge, like, mansion with Mm. so many rooms because they were, like, they were housing all the... Yeah, they were basically a baby factory. Mm -hmm. Bought cars, gained notoriety because of the number of adoptions as well as mortality rate. Mm. Horrible, but it seemed like everyone got what they wanted in the end, right? I mean... These girls, like, had their reputations intact. Uh, People ended up with babies otherwise that wouldn't have children. I mean, it's And they ended up rich. True. Right? No questions. No. The true horror was what was taking place in that maternity home. Mm -mm. Yeah. So some of the married women who had stayed there were told that their infants had died. (gasps) When in fact, this was not the case. Um, were disgusting. They were being sold from under their noses. So these were legit people that plan on taking their babies home. That these weren't the, some of these girls that were like, okay, they signed why off would, and said... Well, they did it for money, but still, why? how could they do that? Yeah. Some baby... Well, because they were picking and choosing these babies. They're like, oh, this is a perfectly healthy baby. Look at this uh-uh. baby, how beautiful this baby is. We're going to adopt so this gross. baby out. That is so gross. Um, and yeah, the movie definitely touches on that. Like there was one scene where this the mom was like, they're being told that their baby died. Mm-mm. Which is even more. Yeah, they, there was I wonder this, if any of them ever, like, figured it out. Well, this mom was, like, she was, because she was breastfeeding the baby. So, mm. you know, she had just seen, had the baby. And then the next morning, well, this couple came in and said, had very specific, like, we want this baby, blah, blah, blah. We want that baby. And she's <gasps> like, well, that's not that baby. And they're like, no, we want that baby. And she's like, okay, have that baby, basically. No. And the next morning, they tell her that the baby died. And she's like. That doesn't even make any sense. And you're a mom, so you know, you know what I mean? You yeah. like you like that in motherly you know, intuition yeah. is like so there was that. Mm-mm. Some babies were too sickly or handicapped or unattractive or deformed. Oh my god. Or and some were like biracial. So oh. in those cases, Lila just took it upon herself to decide that those babies were undesirable for adoption. Don't tell me what she did. Well, I'm going to tell you, unfortunately. Nope, nope. No. So they weren't white enough to be adopted. So what happened to these? She they, killed them, I bet. Yeah. So since there, since there was no money to be made from them, they Mm-mm. took resources from the youngs. They were coldly and callously discarded. 
They were coolly fed a solution of water and molasses Mm -mm. and nothing else until they pretty much starved, weakened, and died. How, oh my God, how could you do that? Yeah. She's a monster. Like, out of the the two of them, she just. being could do that. They're both monsters, but Mm -mm. I mean, obviously he knew what she was doing. Mm -mm. Um, They were cruelly. Okay. The young unwed mothers were forced to live in squalid, unsanitary conditions until it became dangerous for their health. Mm-mm. The unwanted babies were either burned. <laughs> okay. That's post child. Jeez. The unwanted babies were either burned in the home's furnaces or unceremoniously placed in a discarded butter box and buried in the backyard. What? And some were dumped in the ocean. No. Yeah. You know, the ocean carries so many secrets. Right? It's just sad. This is sad. Mm-hmm. Like, this is so sad. In 1933, Dr. Frank Roy Davis was appointed to the Office of Public Health. He, he'd he heard rumors about the dead babies and took it upon himself to keep an eye on the ideal maternity home, partly because of Dr. Davis's vigilance. On March 4th, 1936, Lila and William Young were both charged with two counts of manslaughter and the deaths of Eva Neforth, which they they do... Uh, go into this in the in that movie that I watched. Um, and there's also a book and another movie which I wished I just barely found out out about. Otherwise, I would have watched mm-hmm. it before today. So basically, her story, which I didn't write down in here, um, is that you know she got an infection and the infection was allowed to fester. They didn't give her any antibiotics, and then uh-uh. when she finally gave birth, then the infection just like festered, and she ended up dying. Um, and because uh. Lila was said to be very rough with uh-huh. the babies. She wasn't, she didn't have a bedside manner, which is, this is what I'm reading. But on the movie, they make it sound like she's this sweet old lady. Like she's like, really cares about these girls uh. at first, which it doesn't sound like that at all. Like she just was very rough with the babies. Uh-huh. Um, she used forceps and apparently you had to be licensed to, you had to be a licensed doctor uh-huh. To use forceps. And midwives were not licensed to use forceps at all. Uh-huh. And she basically crushed the baby's skull. <gasps> oh, my God. So um, so then when the husband comes, because she was married, this, this Eva was married. And when the husband comes, you know, looking for her, he's like, this, that, this isn't right. This, that didn't happen. There's no way. And so he sues them. Hmm. Um, so it becomes part of this whole investigation. So then they were both charged with two counts. Oh, so it, they end up coming in and they do an autopsy on the baby because the dad made such a fuss about it. Mm. They come in and do an autopsy on the mother and the baby. And that's where they realized that she had used the forceps where she was not allowed mm. to use. And be- that she had the girl had an infection or the woman had an infection. Oh, my God. So. They were both charged with two counts of manslaughter in the deaths of Eva Neforth and her newborn baby. Their deaths were caused by negligence and unsanitary conditions. Finally, it seems like there's some justice. Well, I don't think there can be for as much as was done. Well, uh, it's not over. So apparently they had support of many prominent Nova Scotians because they were doing a community service, but Uh mostly because they had many of them by the balls. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, because many of them had used their services, like many of these prominent men. Mm-hmm. They got young girls in trouble. Mm-hmm. 
And she used that as, as leverage. Yeah, like, I won't tell if... Yeah, dot, if you guys dot. back us. Mm-hmm. So, but Davis was not done with them and had the R- RCMP really start digging deep. Lila and William Young's ideal maternity home had a reported mortality rate of 8.1%. Mm. That was almost triple the Nova Scotia average of 3.1%. Mm-mm. What was truly outrageous is that those were the reported deaths. The RCMP and the public health officials knew nothing about the unreported deaths and didn't learn about them until years later, until after the ideal maternity home closed its doors. Glenn Shapford, um, who had been their handyman for many years, and this was years after this was after they had closed their doors, he admitted that he had personally buried about between 100 and 125 babies mm. in a field mm. owned by Lila's parents. Mm-mm. Their little bodies would first be hidden in a tool shed, then finally laid to rest in a white pine butter box from the local creamery. Don't forget that she was charging them for proper burial. Uh, how disgusting is and, this? And also think about the fact that some of those women that she basically told that their baby had died, uh-huh. she was charging them the burial fee. Uh, Even though a, she had adopted their babies out and probably made $10,000 yeah, on the baby. It's disgusting. There's a special place in hell for her yeah, right now. Totally. Um, finally, in 1945, 10 years after the original trial... They had enough evidence. Inspectors found squalid conditions, swarming flies, filthy bedding, and some babies weighing Mm -mm. half the weight they should, of course, weigh. And those would be the ones that they were feeding molasses and water, of course. Oh, my gosh. Those poor little babies. They didn't even have a choice. They didn't have a chance. Mm-mm. And and the worst like part is that she was claiming crisp Christian charity. Like that's like that was her main thing. Well, was like, and that's why she had the support of the community. Was that's like, what a lot do? Yeah, they hide behind faith. They're like we're we're taking care of these girls. We're mm-hmm. providing a service. You I know? mean, think about it. Like all the abusive Catholic schools mm-hmm. or the Catholic orf- orphanages. How abusive they were, but. They hid behind Catholic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sick. Well, and these were these people. I think they mm-hmm. end up getting uh, discommunicated from the Seventh Day Adventist Church. When, Good, because there was so much stuff in the press about them at this time, um, and they just kept on going. Like mm, they would just kind of skid by it, and like by the hair on their chinny chin chin. But finally, the Seventh Day Adventist Church discommunicated them. So. Sick. Finally. Yeah. So, and Lila protested, of course. She claimed that they're being harassed. A new amendment to the Maternity Boarding House Act changed licensing requirements, and the Young's license application was rejected, mm. which was that the whole point of it. Right. So, in this area, Nova Scotia, there was no other place for these girls to go, so they pretty mm. much had the freaking uh, monopoly on this, on these women coming and doing because and mm. you know what they were also doing they were performing abortions even though that wasn't advertised because it was highly illegal right highly especially illegal. if they're hiding behind the whole church thing yeah so there was that so this maternity board housing act changed licensing requirements and the young's license application was rejected they were ordered to shut down in 1945 but they continued to operate while appealing the case. Uh-uh. So the Youngs were then arraigned on eight counts, including violation of the Maternity Board Housing Act and practicing medicine without a license. They only ended up paying a fine of $150. Are you kidding? Dollars. Are you kidding? Yeah. 
which they Sick. just shrugged off and continue. I, what I mean, it's like a slap of on the wrist. They They're did. making all this money. It's only Sick. a fine. They kept on going. And then they kept on advertising in newspapers that they had lovely babies for adoption. Oh, dear Lord. Dr. Davis persisted, though, and he was able to get them again on illegal adoptions. So both Canada and the U.S. Mm. began to watch for unauthorized uh, transport of babies. Nice. They should have done a stink. Well, they kind of were like they were really mm. like they were getting really getting into their business. Like yeah. in, in the the movie does kind of show that like mm. um one, I think that the Maternity Boarding House Act made it so they could go in and just drop on in on them and like do inspections with them. Mm. So they got caught off guard. Like if they were both Lila and William were away and it was just Ooh, these girls nice. there, like they would just like start going through their stuff. Nice. That was part of it where they were finding out like about their finances and whatever. Mm-hmm. So the Youngs, in an attempt to get around this new monitoring, began persuading the mothers to travel c- across the border with their babies, which was mm-hmm. super illegal. In 1946, Lila and William were convicted of illegally selling babies to four American couples. Mm-hmm. The only four, there was like mm-hmm. a lot. Their penalty, a whopping $428.90. Dear God. And they continued their horrible practice. Finally, it was Lila's hubris that got them in the end. She was incensed at the media coverage that they had gotten, <laughs> so she sued a local newspaper for $25,000 for libel. The newspaper fought back. Of course they did. Pediatricians who had inspected the ideal maternity home testified to its fly-filled mm-hmm. nurseries, its striking overcrowding, and the malnourished children. Mm. Mothers, and of course, they plastered this all over their newspapers. Right. Mothers who had been pressed into service to pay their bills testified too. One told how her baby had died after receiving <gasps> no medical attention and oh. was buried in a butter box. Oh my God. She also revealed that she had to pose as a nurse during a health department inspection, which was highlighted in the movie. Mm-hmm. Another mother admitted she was made to lie in an adoption rec- in adoption records and indicate that her baby was Jewish. Oh dear. Uh, so many things they separated they separated children they like separated twins they when you told me about it and i was looking for like a paranormal thing Mm -hmm. they were they're just skimming through the youtube stuff there was um these kids are alive now and i think they're searching out it looked like Mm -hmm. searching out their parents, parents their siblings blood parents parents and siblings yeah that's kind of (sighs) cool yeah it's just horrible Mm -hmm. this whole thing was horrible the suit was dismissed but their reputation was now destroyed like obliterated and they were exposed for the murderous baby farming pieces of shit that they were Mm -hmm. finally the operation was shut down they were forced to sell off their property and ended up bankrupt I mean, they were making millions Mm-mm. of dollars. They ended up bankrupt, and the Youngs moved to Quebec. And another thing that I had read was they were going to open up a hotel, and once everything was said and done, they couldn't because they were just they didn't have any money, which is crazy. I hope what they were they doing with all that money? Try this again. <laughs> no, they didn't. Mm-hmm. They were forced to sell off their property and ended up bankrupt, and they both moved to Quebec. The building ended up burning down in 1962 when the new <laughs> owners were renovating it. And William died of cancer in 1962. I think it was like Christmas of 1962. Mm. And Lila died of leukemia in 1967 at the age of 70. Mm. Survivors of the ideal maternity home now scattered throughout the U.S., Canada, and Europe continue to meet 
provide support and assist one another with birth family searches. The home yeah. has been subject to several books, plays, and two movies. The title of Betty Cahill's book, Butterbox Babies, is a reference to the butterboxes, of course, and wooden grocery crates from a local dairy used as coffins for the babies. They were murderers. Uh She was a murderer. Like she was a murderer. Yep. Of little innocent babies. babies. The 1995 film Butterbox Babies is the one I kept talking Uh to you about, was adapted from the book and another film based on the story, which actually looks kind of like a haunting story. Uh. So I don't know like how true to the story it is. What's it Um, called? It's called The Child Remains. And it was was released in 2019, which I haven't watched that one, but I now I want to because I actually yeah. I think I ran into that on Amazon like a few months ago, and when I saw the artwork for it, I was like, hey, I think I was gonna watch that. Huh. So, yeah, that's my story. Pretty sad. Pretty depressing. Very sad. The child remains. And she was pretty adamant up until she died, like that she had. What she was doing. She was righteous in what she was doing. Mm-mm. Like she was doing a service. Oh, she probably had to justify it that way in her brain to be able to live with it. Live with herself. Yeah. Pretty Ugh. gross. Super gross. I was trying to see if there's a, a trailer of some sort. Did I mention that we were drinking a Pinot Grigio called Noble Vines? Oh. 152. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. It's very crisp. It must crisp. be kind of strong because I am feeling it yeah, a little it's, bit. You know what? Every time I have Pinot Grigio, I mm-hmm. like it hits me right away. Um, That movie, Child Remains, mm-hmm. you can see it on Tubby. Is that the name? Uh-huh. For right. free, which actually has a lot of good movie- movies in it. YouTube for $1.99. Google Play. Amazon Prime. And voodoo. Voodoo? Voodoo. Oh, it's 13.5%. No wonder. Mm. And I've only had, well, maybe two glasses because I keep filling it up. But. Oh, maybe it'll let me fill her up. You know what sounds good? I'm going to go and get after I leave here, hopefully. Is. Oh my God. This is really good. It is. It's really good. It's it is. so crisp. It, it, it is. just tastes clean. Let me say that again. Okay. Barrows has. Oh, we had Barrows the, the other day. Did you? We got the salad. You forgot the salad? No, we got the salad. Oh, you did? This is not. Mm, it's the best. They have the best meatball subs. Mm. Like, I'm really picky on my meatballs. Are like, you? Subway meatballs are sweaty balls. Mm, sweaty balls. Yeah. But You're an expert. I am. A meatball expert. I sweaty ball expert. I like how we just segue from <laughs> wine babies and baby killings <laughs> to sweaty balls. I'm sorry, you guys. We but just have to make light because that was just too It's a heavy it story. Heavy. And mine's kind of heavy. Oh, gosh. Okay, Mine's kind of a true crime and then morphs into the, obviously, because you can't have ghost without dead. Right. Death. Somebody has to die, and a lot of times they have to be murdered, right? Okay, but Barros has, like, real 
They taste like real homemade, not pressed meat, meatballs. Mm. And the sauce. Oh, my God. I think I'm going to go get one tonight. Right now? Mm. Yeah, after I leave here. here. It's right down the street. Where? On the other side of the freeway by uh, Walgreens over there by... Oh, what? I was going to go down by my house. Oh, there's one by your house. At 59th and Thunderbird. Oh, there's one literally right here. But you're probably better off just going closer to home. Mm. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I might order it so it's ready when I get there mm. with my salad and my salad will last three days well you know like breakfast lunch dinner kind of deal <laughs> I hear you I had pizza for breakfast yesterday I know hold on I want to see if it'll give me damn it I just want to see the effing trailer we'll find it we'll find it mother Flockers. I um, just want to hear your story. There's a little movie to mine, too. It's a movie documentary. Mine is about Fox Hollow Farm. And look, there's a movie. Ooh, Haunting the Haunting Fox Hollow. A Fox Hollow Farm. And then a little documentary. You know, it's not like super rec- recommended, but uh, it's something. Did this stop recording? This Yours, stop too? Recording. Yeah, apparently. Play it back. Play it back. We will after. I'm going to start recording again. I'm actually more interested in your uh, stopped recordings at this point. (laughs) Like, why did it stop? That's supposed to go for 30. And I don't even know why that turned off. Insane. Totally insane. Mm. So I don't know if I mentioned when Mm -hmm. we actually started recording. So uh, Carlene and I... Started out this evening by doing EVPs. Did yeah. I did I talk about that? I think we did. Okay, just in case it gets edited out or I didn't. Yeah, talk go about ahead. It. Yeah, we. What were we, you gonna say? Yeah, so like because we got an EVP on the last episode, mm-hmm. we started doing a little EVP sesh, and but I don't know if we mentioned that we were going to EVP. Right. Yeah. So we're also we've got a little uh, voice recorder here, and mm-hmm. I'm recording on my phone. And anyways, so we were doing this little sesh, and <laughs> randomly out of nowhere, my freaking phone just turned on. Oh, on a, right. Like we a did face- talk about that. Did but we? Yeah. Yeah. It was so weird. Because yeah, I wish we had video. We need to start videoing our sessions and then put it on our Patreon. Right. Because or start our YouTube because it is crazy. We really have to. I I know we like to like brainstorm out loud even when we're like recording but we really need to we really need to sit down and just like really think about what we're gonna do as far as like the like the ghost hunting part of because we do we do we we brainstorm (laughs) but we really do do this i know but we really do want to do a youtube and maybe our youtube won't be a a youtube but more of a patreon yeah definitely Definitely. Something. Yeah. Maybe both. Hey, if you guys have ideas about what we could do, you know, yeah. just let us send know. it over. Tipsy Tales at podcast <laughs> at yahoo.com. Yes. You can also hit us up on our Instagram or our Facebook or our Twitter. Do it. Do it. Anyway, but yeah, we have all these ideas and things we want to do. We definitely need your support. So, like on YouTube, when you see people say, like, subscribe, like, you know, and they're really asking people to do that. That's because they get the more people that like and subscribe, they start to get sponsored by things because yeah, more things. people. Things. Yeah, things. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I might be doing borrows here <laughs> because 
Anyway, but that's what we need. We need like pe- more people to Oh, it happened. It did happen. We started speaking in wine tongues. Paros might be here. It's really hard for us to ask for money. Yeah. But we do have a Patreon, so if you guys mm-hmm. want to support us there, you can support us there, and you can get some cool stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you support us, and we give you some cool stuff, and we also give you a mention mm-hmm. on the episode, the following episode. And also, you know... You can see more of us being goofy. <laughs> <laughs> but but the best part is you're supporting us being able to go out and do some cool adventures, hopefully. Right. Yes, definitely. We we're just like, you know mm-hmm. what? Why are we waiting? Like, fuck this whole COVID thing. We're just gonna hop in the car and we're gonna drive somewhere. We are next gonna weekend, go do that, we, right? Yeah, next weekend we're going somewhere. Well, I don't know next weekend. Hold on, because I did have. Oh, um, I'm gonna have my son's dog. Oh, and the old yeah. dog excuse. Of I course. can take the dog. Okay. Anyway, what you got? What you got? Uh, mine's about Fox Hollow Farm. Okay. And anyway, so the story is this guy who was pretty, pretty prominent. I can't use this. He was pretty prominent in his community and he was a good family man, except for they said he was a good family man, but then he kind of had a weird schizophrenic kind of personality. So he really wasn't a good family man, but he was a good father. Okay. Okay. Um, he had three One kids. of his personalities was a yeah, good Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. Yeah, because they kind of say, like, he threw parties at his house, and he was, like, super charismatic. Like, you know how we talked about right. last time? And people seemed to like him, but really, like, as he was growing up and as a kid, he actually grew up in a pretty good home, but he had kind of a twisted personality, and he, he was diagnosed, I think, schizophrenic. Really? I think so. But I'm not focusing too much on all that. I just want to focus on really the here and now. Okay. Okay. So he it, this happened in, he was a resident of Westfield, Indiana. And his name is Herb Baumeister. 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 I like that. <laughs> I know when I drink wine, I got more of an accent. <laughs> Baumeister. Okay. That's his name. Okay. And like I said, people in the area liked him. He threw parties and he was pretty devoted husband father of three he had i think he had a boy and two girls that's what it sounds what like. state is it indiana. indiana yeah indiana oh indiana. back in indiana that was hh holmes oh holy crap i'm holy yeah and that's crazy that i ended up there all right well she look at that dog <laughs> wanting your attention hi mama she's so hungry for it Anyway, once upon a time, one of his kids at 13 was playing out. So let me just describe what this property is like. Because this is what the whole basis of this story is this property. Okay. So the property is this giant. It is it is basically a mansion. It's this giant house. It has an indoor swimming pool. It has um, the outside is just all forest, trees, and, you know, woods-like land. And then I think it has, like, some detached property on it, too. But anyway, it is a huge, huge property. And so one of his kids, his 13-year-old son, is out playing in the woods and comes across a skull. He puts it on like a staff, like a stick, and he's walking around with it. And he comes in and he's like, look what I found. And his dad, um, his excuse for it was that it was it was a skull that belonged to his his father. Okay. Because it, um, his father, so Herb Baumaster, Bow, 
Meister's father. I don't know why it's so hard for me to say his name. Even this morning I was having trouble. Okay, so his father was a doctor. Okay. And so he's saying, it was my dad's and his, um, and he used it when he was in school with anatomy and stuff. I thought you meant it was his dad's skull. No, no, no. Oh, okay. (laughs) It was my dad's and he used it when he was in school to learn about anatomy and stuff. And so there's bones, you know, whatever. So I don't know that this is a family property. I didn't think so, but he's making it sound like no i just threw the bones out there (laughs) they were grandpa's bones from learning anatomy okay whatever everybody believes them okay obviously his wife julie i think they weren't grandpa's bones for learning no 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 no. they're not grandpa's bones but they were grandpa's bones from learning oh but they were grandpa's you're gonna i'm gonna punch you in the face Because I'm thinking, okay, so is he no. just saying that they were grandpa's bones? They belong. Okay, he was saying they belonged to grandpa when he was in school learning his anatomy okay. to be a doctor. Okay. They are not grandpa's bones. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> That's hilarious. As she's calmly petting the dog and taunting me. I'm <laughs> just kidding. All right. Okay, so his wife, it seems like she was pretty gullible because she just kind of believed everything he would say. A couple years, okay, so the police come knocking on the door and they want to search the premises and she's like, no, I'm not going to let you search the premises. What is your, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, a, a lot of gay men have come up missing. Oh. Yes. And the the trail is leading here. And she's like, well, hell to the no. I don't know what you're talking about. And obviously, we wouldn't have anything to do with that. Right. And so she turns them away. And in that two-year span, I guess her husband, Herb, his personality is still is getting like darker and their marriage is getting more on the rocks. And she's starting to see that maybe... There's some to what they're saying because he's a little loony bin. She decides to file for divorce. Mm -hmm. He takes the kids. He decides he's going to take the kids to their their cabin or whatever they have by the lake. And she starts to think like if he is responsible for killing people because at this time it's like 1992 or something. Oh, okay. So it's pretty recent. Oh, yeah. All this is recent. Sorry. I should have said that at the beginning. All of this is pretty recent. So in 1992, a lot of... um, Gay men are disappearing. They go out to these gay... um, How weird is it that at the beginning when we were in the kitchen, I was talking? That is so weird. All right. So... um, I was just thinking that. That is so crazy. That's such a... That was weird. But anyway, a lot of these gay men would go out to these nightclubs and then they would never come back. So people were reporting their loved ones missing. And what he would do is load them up on liquor and then finesse them and get them back to the mansion, take them into the pool area and talk about his fascination with asphyxiation. Okay. You know, as a a fetish. Mm -hmm. And then he would strangle them in the pool area with a pool hose when i think of the pool hose that he would use it's more like the backwash hose Mm -hmm. but everybody seemed to go to like the the vacuum hose which is pretty impossible to i don't know that would be kind of hard to strangle somebody yeah but whatever everybody has their i think it's the backwash hose okay but anyway he um he would then strangle somebody with that and then he would ditch their bodies in the forest and yeah but 
it wasn't far into the forest. Okay. So like, I guess at the time it looked like it was kind of like, it probably felt to him like he was going kind of deep into the forest right. or the woods. But he Was really... this an indoor pool? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. It's an, why, do you know what story I'm talking about? I think I might. You guys hadn't done it before, right? No. But yeah, he, it was an indoor pool. pool. So what's weird is like, how was he getting away with this with like his family at home? Like, I don't know. Cause he did it so often, but whatever. Okay. So according to everybody, this is what he did. So now his wife is starting to get suspicious. So she filed for divorce because of how he was getting kind of weird and treat, she was done being treated like shit. And so she files for divorce. He takes the kids on this trip to the lake and she starts thinking, what if she hurts my, what if he hurts my kids because I filed for divorce? Legitimate. (laughs) Right. So the police go to this cabin and they get the kids. Well, then he realizes they're on to me Mm -hmm. because they were. Right. And so he takes off to Canada. When he's going to Canada, he had already had, like, I guess he he had made videotapes of stuff, too. Oh, wow. Like, he had... He recorded? I'm assuming. And so he had a carload of evidence, Mm -hmm. like videotapes and weird shit. And so on his way to Canada, he, he was pulled over to the side and there was like um, the Canada, uh, Canada police officer. What is it? A Mountie? Mm-hmm. It's out there. Anyway, she, she stopped because he was on the side of the road and she had a chat with him and was like um, finding out if he was okay and whatever. I mean, she didn't know that at the time that he was wanted. And then the next day, and so she let him go, you know, there was no reason to hold him. She just wanted to see if everything was okay. And so of course she didn't know that he's a wanted guy with shitload of sh- evidence in the backseat. So the next day they um, get a call from two campers in Canada in a like park area, camping uh-huh. area, that there's a man with a gunshot wound to his head. And he, they, the campers say there's YouTube of them talking and they say he's like, he was definitely in control of his death. He laid himself out across the road uh-huh. and shot himself in the head but the gun wasn't there so i have my own theory on that okay and then there were these which i want to hear yeah there were these two birds with like their um they were formed like uh, like in a heart Uh uh-huh um seagulls and the whole thing is very laid out he laid out two dead birds Uh, supposedly it sounds like he laid it all out or somebody did okay and the evidence the tapes were all burnt up okay they or or destroyed. I'll just say they were destroyed. All the evidence was destroyed. So the fact, and they said that he was like, he was dressed to the hilt. He was very manicured. He, he looked good. Like it was, it was so laid out perfectly. Like he was in control of his own death. But where was the gun? Right. They said that he had a brother that was also like, he would call his brother and say, I need your help. I think his brother's involved. Huh. There, I think his brother, I think his brother shot him in the head. Uh-huh. I think his brother did it. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know why, like, while they were telling the story the whole time, I was very matter of fact, like, oh, it was his brother. His hmm. brother did that. Like, he couldn't have done that by himself and then gotten rid of the gun. There's no way. Right. Like, if you shoot yourself in the head, the gun's going to be right there. It well, was yeah. his brother. You, don't, you shoot yourself in the head, you're dead. You don't. Have, you can't get up and right. get rid of the gun. And the gun can't just be thrown into the ocean or whatever, because yeah. there was... or blake or whatever he was by i think it's his brother i think his brother's part of this but anyway so yeah so that is i mean it's a good story it's a good gross disgusting horrible story but it's 
a good story. But anyway, so what happened was in 1992, the police went after the kid comes up with the skull and everything. Okay, in 1992 then on the police end, how they got alerted was there was this guy that was at the bar, one of his only victims that escaped. Okay. Kind of like Dahmer. Yes. So he was approached by a guy that said his name, this guy, the victim, was approached by a man at the gay bar, was a tall, slender man, and he introduced himself as Brian, obviously not Herb. (laughs) Right? Okay. So he says his name is Brian, and he talks about this mansion that he has in this indoor swimming pool and he kind of finesses them like look at me yeah 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 and he gets he gets them kind of tipsy enough to where they kind of don't know what like they're vulnerable and thank god this guy wasn't too vulnerable and he was coherent enough to get away right so he gets this guy and he talks about the strangulation fetish and all of that and so they kind of i guess they messed around a bit and This guy got away. Okay. Then, I guess weeks later... Luckily. (laughs) Luckily. Weeks later, Brian, aka Herb, Uh ends up at the bar again. Struck a luck. The victim is also at that bar Uh and recognizes him and is like, holy shit, there is something not right with this guy. I'm getting his license plate number. I'm going to the cops because, I mean, all these missing guys, like he's putting two and two together. And so he went outside, got the license plate number. That's how they got the connection to Herb the skull, the bodies, whatever. So they they see that the license plate matches Herb. Then they go and they ask the wife, can we search the house? No, she says. Then they go back after she files for divorce. She's calling for their help. They go back. They say, can we search? Yes. Then once she has already filed for divorce, they start searching the property and they find um, broken bones. Like he, he was trying to destroy the evidence. And so he had broken up the bones because once his son found the bones he panicked so he went out and he was like look getting all the pieces together and then he was breaking them up so they're in like thousands of pieces Mm -hmm. they found like five thousand pieces or i don't know and then um yeah and then he tried to burn them he burnt the pieces well then the police are out there and they what they did was out of the 20 or more missing people they were able to identify i believe this this thing that I read, they said, I think they were able to identify seven or eight of them. So 20 people and they were able to identify that many. Wow. That's it. And so only that many people got closure. Isn't that sad? That's sad. But anyway, but that, just that one person doing that and then the kid finding the skull, you know, all those little pieces were able for them enough for them to go search the property, put the piece together. I mean, it's all, I mean, because it's so recent, right. really, 90s. It's all on YouTube, the live, the news, reporting right. it. Um. Oh, there's a segment of him being the good neighborhood guy that he is. A skunk or something had gotten, a raccoon had gotten, Um. Uh, they were striping the pavement. Mm-hmm. And they striped a raccoon. You know how they striped the pavement? Right. They striped a raccoon while he's being an advocate for the, like, oh, my God, how can you do that? You're killing human beings. Right. But yet, yeah, so I thought that was funny. He's like, oh, no, call PETA. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, he's like, how dare somebody needs to be held accountable, but yet you're killing human beings. Right. And that's crazy. But yeah, so that's on there. Okay, so now for the paranormal part. So now you know there are people that have been murdered probably in the pool area and they say in other areas of right. the property, but the pool area, I guess, is like the main. So when I was doing the paranormal stuff, they have a lot of, for like six months, they had like psych, you know, mediums. They had uh, investigators. They had all kinds of people go out to the property and do like investigations because they couldn't sell the property for the longest time, I guess. Then they put it up and this couple, um, Rob and Vicki Graves. I think this is, I think it was like on a haunting or my house is haunted. Or oh, something. it's definitely, it was on definitely ghost, uh, our Zach guy. Okay. Um, it was on paranormal. Oh, what is it called? Paranormal That's why it sounds something. familiar. The whole yeah. strangulating and the and it's definitely been on shows. So Rob and Vicky Graves bought the house for two point three million, which is very cheap for as much property as they got. Right. It was definitely cheap. And they were like, why is it so cheap? Like, why is this going? And so the real estate agent had to like, okay, listen, like there's a story with this. And they also, I believe, have two two kids. And so they're like, you know what? The real estate agent was like, you know, I'm going to give you guys some time to talk about it. And (coughs) and you decide what you want to do. So they had discussed it and they were like, you know. Let's just do it. And so they bought the property. It was, and they kind of like cleaned it all out. They were like, we're going to get rid of all the icky stuff. We don't want any of the bad junk here. Um, I think here it says, okay, so here, I'll just read this to you. It says years passed while the estate and mansion stood empty. It was on the market now and the incredibly cheap property was sold to Robin Vicky, Vicky Graves. The mansion had been gutted after um, it was vacated and everything was new. So they thought like, if we get rid of everything in here, we're going to get rid of all the bad icky stuff. Mm-hmm. And so um, they even were like painting the inside, the outside, totally redid it. It's really gorgeous. Right. It's a gorgeous piece of property. So anyway, well, Vicky was um, vacuuming, I guess. She was vacuuming. I'll read this to you instead. Okay. Yeah, now it sounds really mm. familiar. Yeah, it's kind of, it is. And, and I was watching a lot of like the, just, just people that were doing um, EVPs and they were getting a lot of EVPs. Some were getting, like I told you, like just, it was like, I don't hear, I hear, Like, I don't hear we did anything. And then there were some really legitimate things that they were getting. And, but it's what the people on the premises, the people that live there, that's the crazy stuff. So um, everything seemed great in the new home, except one day when Vicky experienced an unexplained occurrence. She had attempted to vacuum up gravel from around the indoor pool, pool area. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, it was like from the kids tracking and stuff. The vacuum kept coming unplugged. And I don't mean like when you have a loose outlet. Right. And it just keeps coming unplugged. When like, they say unplugged, yeah, it was like a foot from the wall unplugged. Mm-hmm. It was like jumping out of the plug, out of the outlet. Anyway, um, it was without any explanation explainable reason for the unplugging. Vicky was a bit confused when it happened three times. She sensed she was not alone and that they or whatever it was did not want her there. She shrugged the feeling off, but then she was like painting outside. Uh-huh. Um, they were, well, her and her husband, there's a few stories, but her and her husband were painting, kind of getting like, hmm, 
this looks nice. Oh, yeah, I really think this is going to look nice when we're done. Um, I think it's the room that was like kind of by their bedroom window. And she kind of, she looks out and I guess she had seen it once before, but she sees this man with a red t-shirt on and she's like, um, Rob, <laughs> like, I think somebody's on our property. I right. You know, I see this guy and he's like, oh my gosh, you know, we knew when we bought this house that we were going to have looky loos. We just kind of got to get used to it. And so when they went to look for him, obviously nobody was there. And she had mentioned that he didn't have legs. He kind of disappeared in the tree. So she was seeing an apparition of something. Oh, wow. And so she she said she had seen it twice. Creepy. Right? Right? You're like painting your house and you see it. And she was like in her room or wherever these doors are that she was describing. And she looks out and then she sees this apparition of a man with no legs. Like that's just weird. Yeah. But yeah. But at first the apparition was so prominent that when she saw it, she really thought that somebody was trespassing on their land. And so anyway, so um, Rob works at a dealership, a car dealership. And there is an employee there that keeps getting in trouble because he's always late to work. And finally, Rob's like, dude, why are you always late? He's like, I live really far from here, like an hour. It takes me a long time to get here. And I'm looking for a place, but I can't. And so Rob's like, hey, just so happens we have an apartment on our, on our, on our, at our place and you're welcome to it. So the next day they actually took the whole day, moved in, yada, yada, yada. This is what I remember. About him moving Mm -hmm. in. This kind of is freaky. Yeah. So I want to, I think I want to read it because I want to make sure, oh, dang it. I want to make sure it's right. There's a couple, he's, he's had a couple incidences in the apartment. So if this doesn't mention it, then I will tell you. Okay. The guy's name is Joe. Joe was unfazed by the history, so clearly Rob tells them, like, hey, this has a, you know, shady history. They brought his belongings and his dog, Fred, don't Mm -hmm. forget Fred, and moved into the apartment. He fell asleep, so he was just exhausted from all the moving. It happened in one day, and he, he was tired. He went to sleep. Okay, so while sleeping, okay, so Joe's asleep. While, while sleeping, he dreamed that he was running for his life. He felt that something bad was chasing him. He, and so he's like, he's, he's not prone to night terrors and, and sleepwalking or anything like that. So this is why this is really weird to him. He's having this dream, this really bizarre dream, like somebody's chasing him and after him in this house. And so he's running. He wakes up to running into the frame of the door. Right. And then he ends up cutting his hand on glass. Right. So he's kind of like, whoa, and he's in pain and there's blood and... He's just like, what the heck just happened? And so um, he awakened to a state of panic and tried to run. He hit the doorframe so hard, he collapsed onto the floor. He was in terrible pain. Um, Shards of glass were everywhere, and they had gotten into his hands. He was unsure what he was running from, but he felt the sense he had to get out of there fast as fast as he could okay so joe has that um that thing so there's another time that joe is in his apartment Mm -hmm. and um the dog kind of starts barking at nothing i guess and he hears okay here it is one night while joe's washing dishes in his apartment he hears a knock at the door the knocking became insistent and when joe okay so hold on before that joe's washing the dishes he hears on the mm, door. Okay. Joe's like, oh, I'm going to go get the door. He starts drying his hands. And the, the it's like it gets impatient and he 
starts banging more. So when he gets to the door, it's still knocking while he's answering the door. Oh, my God. And he opens the door and nobody's there. <sighs> so he, now he's like, is somebody up there on the roof? Is somebody, did somebody leap over the side? I mean, they'll break their legs. It's a high jump, whatever. So he's kind of starting to get freaked out at this point. This is where he's starting to get a little weirded out. I mean, he still lives there as right. far as I know. He looked around and finally went back in and, and looked at the door. He could not shake the feeling of discomfort because he felt he was being watched. Fred, the dog, um, was behaving like he saw something. Um, I believe he he saw something in Joe's room. Uh Another night, Joe was walking Fred when he heard something. So a lot of times at the end of the night, Joe would take Fred for a walk um, up and down the the long pathway and um, the driveway. When he heard something in the woods, Fred had stopped and his ears were standing up straight you know how they do when they hear something as they head towards the apartment joe and his dog saw the man in the red t-shirt dun 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 Hmm. so now they see the guy in the red t-shirt but here's the thing okay well here the stranger turned ahead and headed toward the woods and disappeared Fred gave chase after him anyway. Of course, Joe chased... Oh, so so the dog chased after him. Of course, Joe chased after the dog because he had no way of knowing the intentions of the stranger. So they don't know because they don't know that um, Rob and his wife had already seen this person. Which would have been nice to mention. Probably. (laughs) But who would believe you, though? I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, and and apparently he looks pretty normal. Like, a, like a, he doesn't look like a ghost, this right. guy. So, oops, hold on. Well, while still in chase. He just never changes his shirt. He doesn't. He always just wears a red. And I thought in some reports it was like a red sweatshirt with a hoodie. But she, I watched her interview. There's a, there's her on YouTube, like giving a ghost tour, and she's talking about it. And she said a, a red T-shirt. Okay, you can watch it on YouTube. Anyway, um, while still in chase to find his dog, Joe came face to face with the stranger. Terrified, Joe turned and ran for his life. Fred was chasing close behind as well. Upon Joe telling. Rob and Vicky about his incident, they realized that they had both seen the same man. Okay, and I don't know, I may have, I may end up repeating this, but this is what I was going to say. There's a point where Joe's in his apartment, the dog starts barking, looking down the hallway like he sees something, and Joe, because I watched, they interviewed Joe too, and he's talking about this, and he says he looks down the hallway, and he sees like the face of a man, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that's an... (laughs) That's in the hallway and it kind of disappears. Uh And then he also talks about, he tells this, like you can see him actually tell the story of, and he's even demonstrating it for people. Like, I'm telling you, this is what happened. And he's like showing people like, I went to the door because like, I'm, I'm chilling out. I'm doing my thing. And I hear the knocking and it's like, bam, 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 bam. And then my door's just kicked open and nothing's there. His door just like slings open in this like kind of violent way. Like somebody kicked it open, Uh but nobody was there. And then he starts to show like, there's no way anybody could like disappear that quick. Right. And, Mm. and that I wouldn't hear them. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, All so right. he experienced. I'm, I'm getting the shivers. But he stays. Okay. He doesn't move out. He stays. So let me just read this and see if it's this. Okay, so this could be the story that I just told you. One night, Joe was awakened by someone once again knocking on his door. He called. He called out to see. Excuse me, who it was, but received no answer. He felt the panels in the door. Yeah, he talks about this on there. He even has somebody like, look, I'm gonna. He has a door knocker. Mm-hmm. So he's like. The door knocker goes and you can feel each panel because it's a it's a strong door. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to demonstrate like you guys, I promise you, because he I think this is really happening. Yeah. Like I feel like because, you know, when you're he's telling a story like this, yes, you feel crazy when right. you're telling somebody these stories. So I get it. I get it, Joe. I really do. <laughs> anyway, he felt um, he felt the panels of the door of his door and they were vibrating from the knocking. Joe pulled the still vibrating door. Okay, that's that's the second time that happened because didn't I just read this? Yeah. Anyway, open only to see that no one was there. He noticed the door knocker. Oh, the door knocker was raised as if um, some unseen hand was ready to knock it again. Creepy. So this time it did happen again, okay. but the door knocker was going, but then they... It was still like this when he opened the door, like up. That's crazy. When it came down and completed its knock, Joe closed the door and bolted it and shut, bolted it shut and felt a bit safer. He went back to his room to find growling Fred. Dogs, I'm telling you. They're very sensitive. Pets and children. Sensitive. Yep. Then he heard the sound like the doorknob turning okay let me just tell you i deal with this stuff all the time right <laughs> but that turning doorknob would be enough to freak the shit out of yeah. me i think about that i'm like mm, nope that would be enough to put i would not i'd be over at your house i would not be at my house <laughs> that happened over at my house <laughs> the doorknob twisted and vibrated violently from whoever was trying to get in the sound stopped and seconds later, the door burst open and wood chips went flying across the apartment. That's terrifying. Where did the wood chips come from? The door. What the fuck? I guess at this time, it really did get like seriously kicked in. Oh my gosh. That's violent. Okay. Unnerved, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. but baffled. Oh my God, this guy's brave. He stepped out of the apartment and when it, he turned to come back inside he saw a man what he saw a man inside the apartment the man was screaming and running for his life oh my god was it one of the victims it sounds like it like that maybe that's what they're talking about when they talk about residual energy Mm -hmm. Mm. he was trying to get away from some unseen person joe now suspected his intruder had been one of baumeister's i don't know why i have a trouble saying why i I have a trouble you have a trouble (laughs) why i have a trouble i have several troubles (laughs) (laughs) unfortunate victims he along with rob and vicky graves researched what was known about the events on the property they were viewing some old news footage of including pictures of some of Baumeister's victim victims when Joe spotted a picture of the ghost get out oh wow which had been running for his life in the apartment that's insane Ooh. oh my gosh 
he couldn't ha- help but to worry that Joe might um might be coming up. Oh, Rob couldn't help but worry that Joe was becoming obsessed with the Baumeister case. I mean, that can happen. Right. And and when you do that, FYI, people, you're ax- you're stirring shit up. Right. You're bringing it, you're giving it attention, just like negative or positive or any. You're like, hey, mm-hmm. they're listening. Yeah, you're drumming it up. Uh, one day when Joe was walking through the woods with Fred. Again, Joe and Fred. (laughs) Uh, Fred took off running and Joe chased after him. When Fred stopped, something caught Joe's eye. He dug it out. Oh, no, don't even tell me. He dug it out. I act like this is the first time I've read this. (laughs) It's still still weird. Um, Where was I? It was He dug it out. I'm telling you. It's a human bone. You're right. It was the guy in the red sweatshirt. I wonder who the guy in the red sweatshirt is. Is it Herb or is it a victim? I think it's a victim. I think it's a victim too because, you know, I was reading some of these people's, you know, people leaving their comments and they're like, well, Herb died in Canada. Why would he be at the house? Because when you die, people, you can go anywhere you freaking want. Right. You're not stuck where you died. You go wherever the fuck you want. Hello. Oh, wait, don't you know they have to yeah. unlock doors? <laughs> yeah. They have to drive to my house to talk to me. So <laughs> they I can't just go through walls. <laughs> they, can morph, they can morph into people, wherever they, they want. They try to break into houses. Yes. They have to use your chimney like Santa. <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, the comments were hilarious. I'm right. like, you people, silly, silly people. When, okay, so uh, where was I? Where he, oh, the human He bone. finds the bones. Um, he finds the bones. He finds the bones. <laughs> he he took it to Rob and Vicky. Uh, she knew instantly that it was the, that it was human. Um, she thought it was the femur. He had, he had found it near the same area where they had seen the man in the red shirt. This is the pieces of the man. Yes. Yep. He reported it. Rob reported it to the lead detective on the case who agreed to come out and show them where the events had happened. Wow. Interesting. It was believed again, like this is the first time I read this. <laughs> You're all reading it. Wow. That's so interesting. So cool. It was believed that Baumeister had strangled his victims, like I told you all, near or even in the woods. Now one of Joe's friends, a man named Jeremy. Wow, we have a new character. Jeremy. Jeremy. Jeremy wanted to come to the house. Jeremy wanted to lay to rest the reports of the house's hauntings they were in the pool and diving to retrieve dead hmm? beetles why were they diving in the pool to retrieve dead beetles okay like, how's that gonna prove that that's that bizarre stuff didn't happen i know that's so weird <laughs> that just went like off the deep end i know anyway but no pun intended <sighs> that sank to the bottom of the pool joe felt some oh joe this is okay that's what joe felt someone touch him joe felt someone touch his back his first thought was that it was one of the one of the boys he realized they were on the other side of the pool it couldn't have been them <laughs> joe was pulled under the water as he swam back toward his friends Invisible cold fingers gripped his neck and were choking him. All right, let me just be honest here. Okay, full disclosure. I did not read this stuff because this I, ha- I had taken pictures of the last like three. Because I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I already did all this research. Because I had done all this research on YouTube and 
and reading the Wikipedia and doing the the reading. Um, I had read a bunch of other uh, articles from like there was like a New York something or another. That when by the time I had gotten to this right here, I I am all new. You guys, this is new to all of us. Except You're for, a virgin, except for Alma, because she's like, <laughs> yes, this is what I remember. <laughs> well, this one left such an impression Mm-mm. on me because I didn't see this part. That's creepy. This is creepy as shit. And I'm telling you, like, some of the stuff that they were getting was enough to be creepy. Like, just what what the Joe guy was getting in his apartment was creepy enough. But this, I'm super happy I'm sharing this. Sometimes I'm, like, surprised what I remember because of my ADD. But I don't, like I told you, like, I can read some, I can do this whole, all this with you. And you'll say, yeah, we just did that yesterday. And I'm like, yeah, I don't remember what my story was. I don't even remember what story I did. Anyway, back to the spookiness. Let's go back to this. In the pool. In the pool. Jeremy saw Joe grabbing toward toward his neck. He had a panic look on his face. Um, None Jeremy had ever seen before. Joe managed to escape the haunted herb. That was herb. Joe, yes, I guarantee it. Joe managed to escape and he hurried out of the pool. He was in a state of terror and demanded demanded his friends get out of the pool immediately he feared it was excuse me it, he feared it would get one of them as well and perhaps even succeed in killing him you know what's funny he doesn't tell any of this in his when he's giving his little um guided tours to mediums and stuff like that he doesn't he didn't talk and about they this. don't pick up on it i guess not because he did not talk about this when i was watching finally one night joe because he also does an interview Mm. several interviews but for the little movie that they do and stuff and i don't i don't remember him talking about that like his own personal experience finally one night joe was working at his computer he heard a metallic scraping noise so he investigated he found a knife what the hell this is insane yeah he found a knife laying on the counter and oh yes i did see this where there were cuts on the wall um in the wood walls like so at what point does joe say fuck this shit you know it's he, not worth he it hasn't. you know what i think he enjoys i think he enjoys they charge like 90 dollars a person for some of these like special ghost tours that they do oh. and so i think they're making a killing oh. on some of this stuff anyway um he found a knife laying on the counter where there were cuts in the wood walls. It made him question if someone had been stabbed in the kitchen. He watched a ghost hunter show um, and he unplugged. What? Oh, he unplugged everything that could possibly make any noises. Mm. The ghost hunter show made him do that? Well, he probably got ideas. Okay. Okay, so here we are. He he used his cell phone because he had a pretty decent recorder in it. Oops. Sounds like something we're doing. That's what we're doing. <laughs> he decided to do an EVP session and see what he caught. He asked if anyone was there. And within moments, Fred started barking. Oh, kind of like your dogs just did. That was pretty mm-hmm. on cue. Like that. Oh, that's on cue. Um, Joe took the self the cell to the computer and listened to see if he could hear anything. There was a clear response to the question. The voice said, the married one. Ew. Could you hear that? Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't have my headphones on. All the Baumeister's 
victims had been single gay men, so the married one would be Herb, in case you guys didn't figure that out. The only one there who had been single was the murderer himself that wasn't single. Oh, had had he been back from the grave? And to this day, Joe was convinced that he is still around. Is it apparent that evil never dies? It simply changes form and continues to be a form of evil. Okay, can I just... What are you reading that off of? Is that Wikipedia? Uh, no, it is the evidence of the paranormalblogspot.com. <laughs> Can we just hold on a second? Because if he's so afraid of this being evil. Why is he still there? Why is he still um, bringing life to it by like selling tickets to come to his right. house and letting well, people yeah. do EVPs? Like instead of hiring somebody, like when people have me to clear come it out. to clear that shit out and be gone and clear it off his property and bring blessings to his house right. instead of oh my god i have to tell you something after this okay current <laughs> no it just made me think of it all right uh current residents and visitors of the property have reported unsettling feelings unexplainable noises and even seeing apparitions inside the house and around the grounds a paranormal investigation team including psychics psychics a demon psychics psych psych sidekicks that's what i am i'm a sidekick (laughs) to alma a demonologist evp i think it's the other way around but okay (laughs) and visual uh oh they did visuals around the grounds oh it's 18 acres i was wondering because at one point i heard something about 52 and i think i was mixing stories up okay so it's 18 acres of the real estate but anyway like i said at the beginning they had six months right the, the property owners kind of gave them six months but there's all this stuff like these little clips oh okay save that send them to me so that i can include them Heart-dang on Christ. the web page but so. anyway okay so what i want to tell you so anyway that's the whole just a bit and it, and to me like when i was watching the youtube stuff they were catching some pretty there were times though they weren't catching some of like the energy i'd see the energy fly by you know orbs or whatever right. and then something would happen and they're um they had one they were doing up in the in the apartment and they were getting really high was it emf mm-hmm. readings like where the electricity and the it was coming from the actual light so like the light his um halogen light Oh, was contributing, I think, because they were like, "Where? Wow, it's really spiking!" And it was actually messing with the other electrical elements in the house, but it actually was coming from like a halogen oh, light. So but I kind of appreciated that they were figuring it out, right? But anyway, they still were experiencing some weird stuff in his apartment. Those dogs are freaking out. But okay, okay. So anyway, my son asked me to go to his new house. Now, obviously, I cleanse all my kids' houses when they move in because you're not just cleansing like bad, like you're cleansing other people's energy. You don't want to live like if you buy a brand new house you're you're getting your energy but well actually you're probably getting the energy of the people that built it too like mm-hmm. the workers but when you move into like something that somebody else has lived in you're getting other people's energy mm-hmm. so Aiden you know he's like mom can you come so we went and celebrated his birthday a little early and I took my sage and I was doing it so I start and I'm like Have, did you get some anxiety over here and he's like Oh my God, I had anxiety so bad. I was like puking, like it was coming out like, and 
and when something's not good, it'll come like I'll get, you know, right. have you ever had acid reflux right. where it's like, what? And so um, he was telling me, it was like in my throat and I had felt it, but it wasn't his energy. It was the people previous to him. Interesting. And so I had to explain that to him. I'm like, Aiden, I feel it. I'm getting rid of it. It's gone, but it's not your energy. And so you, because he's so sensitive, he was feeling that energy like I was. Right. And so... I go through the house, blah, blah, blah. I get in the bedroom and that's where it had started. And then like the bathroom and then, and I was closing up. I was telling him about the little, the little like portals. And if you say portal, then everybody's like, oh, where spirit comes through. Right. But all energy travels through some kind of portal. Right. And so they'll show me like when they're closing up a portal. And so I start telling Aiden and I start telling all the kids, like the people that lived in this house, there was not happiness in this house. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's definitely some dysfunction. And Zach's like, um, I guess he kind of by coincidence knew the people that lived in that house. Mm. And so he kind of divulged some information. He's like, no, they were, you know, they're just normal people. You know, they were fine. And I'm like, no, they're not. Like there's some ick there. And then he told me a little piece of the ick. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you see there? Because I'm in tune with your, so if I, you know, because I've come here, you know, right. come here. You've or, done it. Yeah. yeah. You've done it here. So if I go to somebody's house, I can feel that energy and that source. So sometimes when you feel something bad at your house, People think it's spirit, but it's really just their own energy that's causing ickiness. Right. It's crazy because it mimics. It does make the it's same. It's like a tape recorder. Mm-hmm. Just. Yeah. And that is residual it's just energy. Lingering. <laughs> it's just lingering. Yeah. But anyway, I had to mention that because there was stuff in here that reminded me of that same energy. Yeah. And I was like. So do you think that. You. So the guy that was murdered in the red mm-hmm. shirt, do you mm-hmm. think that was residual or do you think that was an actual haunting? Like that was the guy. I think there's a little bit of both of that. I think there is some residual, but I do think that he is, I think, cause when I was watching it, I got the feeling that he is, he's lost. Like there's some wandering right. soul stuff. Well, I mean, if you get murdered in a mm-hmm. location, that would leave a pretty heavy psychic yeah, imprint. I would think so. I would so. imagine. Yeah, I would think so. Even if you were the murderer, Mm-hmm. in the act of committing a murder mm-hmm. i think that would leave a pretty yeah i think heavy... he really likes like i definitely don't think he's gonna be where he killed himself or right. was mur- i murdered himself i don't know which i get the feeling he did not kill himself but i think he's too i don't think he would have been brave enough to kill himself also but who am i anyway I think that he would have ventured right back to his crime scene. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. That's a pretty cool story. It is a good story. Yeah, that was a good story. And I was, I, uh, it was when you were saying the pool and the mm -hmm. whole pool, Mm -hmm. um, like the, the strangulation thing that just like, I was like, you knew. Yeah. Yeah, and at first I was like, maybe I should save this for like when you want me no, to do a true crime. That's good. It's but I was both. like, it is both, yeah. and it is interesting. It's freaky as shit. Yeah, and there is way more like stuff, but it's just it is crazy, gross, and freaky. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, interesting that it like we were talking about something that happened in Illinois. Yeah, and also has its little Canada, and we were talking about Canada. Yeah, that with is this crazy. Story, so. Crazy, but anyway, crazy. That was fun. Thanks. That was a good story. Good. And, After I was having creepy. such a horrible that was week creepy. and having such me, a hard time, it, it gave me goosebumps at, <laughs> at one point. So good because I was having a hard time looking for a story. Yeah, you were, but that was that was a really good one. You found it. Oh, 
it's all good. I'm proud of myself, even though I had to read it off, read that last stuff off my phone. It's okay. It worked. It works. I kind of like the surprise with everybody else. <laughs> oh, wait, everybody, let me read this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Like, because I completely forgot that. I did. I did not know that stuff was happening. Oh That's my crazy. God. That's hilarious. Well, anyways, and I, I have to figure pretty. out what that is because it's driving me crazy. We figured it out once. the last time, and then all of a sudden, I think Albert messed us up. We figured it out twice. He messed us up. Yeah, because we added that extra microphone. Mm-hmm. And you might, by just the way, like read I'm sorry, everybody, because we when on his episode, you might have noticed his was his microphone was so strong. It did make a difference. It, but it was picking up oh well, everything. It yeah. picked up everything. Yeah, but I didn't really because when I listened to it, and I listened to it in the shower, and I didn't notice stuff. <laughs> but, but but can I just say it is hilarious. I I think we are fucking hysterical. Like I'm in the shower i'm like hee, hee, hee. Oh, we are so funny oh, hee, hee. and then i'm like <laughs> so I'm like, we are so funny and then i'm thinking do other people think we're this funny or do they just think we're stupid <laughs> i think i said that to my kids i was like i mean I it could be both think we're yeah it could be who cares we're having fun i mean at least we could be like that hey. or we could be super obnoxious like other people well our listenership is way up, and Ooh. I mean, Yay, thanks, it could be because COVID, and, <laughs> or it could be that people actually like listening to us. Well, we're sp- <gasps> thank you, pandemic. Thank you, pandemic. And I keep hearing from people, hey, I heard about you guys, blah, blah, blah. Oh, nice. So, you know, keep spreading the word if you guys like Please. listening to us. Anyway, like and subscribe. Please like and subscribe. <laughs> Hey, definitely. Like and Seriously, subscribe we are being so serious. If you so are serious. listening on Apple Podcasts yeah. right now, as soon as we're done talking, go hit and like. And now. Right now. And give us a review. Please give us a review. Oh, wow. Wow, that sounded violent. Holy cow. These dogs are getting big. <laughs> so crazy. So every kind of like when they're playing, sometimes I'm just like, are you playing? They sound scary. They sound a little scary. I should probably take my girl home. <laughs> oh my god! I you want should it. take your girl home. I should probably take her home. <laughs> anyway, spread the word. We like doing this, and we want to keep doing it. Huh? Yes, we do. We do have fun. I thoroughly look forward to the days that you show up. Do you? Yes, I get I so excited do. about doing this too. I do, and, and it's and the like only time I dream. Today's Sunday. We were supposed to record on Friday. <laughs> But I had no AC, so it was not a good look yeah, for Carlene. It was not. It wasn't good. No. It wasn't good. But I was disappointed. Usually, like, I'm just like, mm. Ah, mm. when you don't I'm sorry. Come. But it's okay. We made up for it today. We, look at how good we did. It was daytime when I got here, and it's nighttime yeah. now. <laughs> well, because we usually start out talking, and before, before we even we start even recording, record. yeah, I... We like should just start is. recording from the minute you get here, but that we would should. just be like an editing nightmare. Yeah, it would be, <laughs> that would be people would have to like invest a weekend on listening yeah. to us. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I think that was our show. It was. It was delicious. If you guys have any so ideas, was this like wine. We, oh my god, it was so good. Yeah. Noble Vines, one fifty-two oh, Pinot there's a Grigio. Shot in there. Ew. Well, we're done with it. I know. It's just that's why I'm sailing them in. <laughs> I got a book. <laughs> Uh, hilarious okay anyways guys if you want to get in touch with carlene you can get in touch with her facebook 
on Facebook. Psychic Medium. Carlene Higgins. Wait, what is it? Is there a .com in there? No. No, it's just... Or your email. On Facebook. Or at um, carlene.spirit. Carlene.spirit? At yahoo.com. I should know my... She <laughs> we, knows we my stuff so more. Bad. You know what? We should put mine up there so I can just yeah, read we it. Should. we should. So I can read it. Or if you guys have any ideas or any stories you guys want to submit to us, Tipsy Tales Podcast at yahoo.com. Also, we're on Facebook, mm-hmm. on Twitter, and Instagram. I, and we're working on YouTube, obviously. We were just We're going to work on this. We are. We're brainstorming. We seriously think we are the funniest people known to man, and we can be funnier than the people on YouTube. I think... I definitely think we're funnier before we even turn on the mics. Uh, we are funnier before we turn on and the mics. And then we're like, uh, um, uh, uh. Well, we get professional somewhat. Yeah, somewhat. I yeah, mean, if this that's is true. what you call professional. Yeah, that's true. We and censor before, ourselves a yeah, little. Before the mics, we're like, scratch them, sweaty balls. <laughs> Do you have shorty balls? Who's got shorty balls? Everybody's got shorty balls. What's your shorty balls? <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote a song. The shorty ball song. Shorty balls. Scratch them shorty balls. <laughs> Scratch them shorty balls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See? See? If we had video up right now, we are even more funny. And then, you guys... <laughs> Alma, Alma has her mic thing all taped up. It's hilarious. Yeah, I took boom. video of that though. My boom. It's like it's it's being supported by tape right yeah. now, and it, it's super uh, a paper clip because it kept on falling. But it worked. It but, worked so good. Yeah, it finally did. Yeah. We after several tries. We definitely have video of that. Yeah, it's time for a new Be boom. good old Patreon thing. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, maybe I'll sing you my shorty ball song. Like a lullaby. <laughs> she'll, she'll sing it to you until you fall asleep. Your balls are shorty. <laughs> 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 <coughs> All right, guys. Oh, my God. I think we've hit the end of our rope here. We're done. We are done. It's cooked. We love you all. Listen to us regularly. and And thank you for listening. Seriously. We love ya. Anyways, I'm Mama. Carlene. Have a good night. Boy. Boy. <laughs> <laughs>